Hello, peeps. Welcome to the 8 Mo Productions podcast with your host that does the absolute most, Evan Youngblood Williams. In this podcast, I talk about anything and everything that's on my mind. Now, let's get this party started. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the 8 Mill Productions podcast. So we have an amazing guest that goes by the name of Amanda Garcia. (laughs) And Amanda Michelle Garcia was born in Houston, Texas, March 23rd, 1998. She is currently attending the University of Houston and is currently majoring in digital cinematography. This is her first semester as a digital cinematography major, but studied graphic design for two years before switching. Her interests are horror movies, drawing, dancing, and trashy reality television. Her short-term goals are to find a job in the film industry and move out of her parents' house and travel around the world for a while. She would like to live in Japan for a couple of years. She thinks Japanese culture is beautiful, and she'd love to live somewhere that's culturally, that's culturally different. As for her long-term goals, being a director is top of her list. She would like to direct and create horror movies, short short films, or at least work on the production team. If not that, she wouldn't mind directing and shooting music videos. She'll be making a six-figure salary and living the life of her dreams. She would like to maybe settle down and get married one day, but that she can see herself also changing her mind about that. She'll eventually have a two-story house with a huge backyard where she'll, she will have a flower garden and marble fountains. Music really inspires her, so it's easy for her to visualize random shots or scenes while listening to it. She listens to all types of music, but her favorite is grunge. She loves everything from the 90s decade, especially the fashion. Clothing is another way that she loves to express herself. It's something that she has already been interested in so without further ado let's welcome in amanda garcia so how do you feel um i'm excited i'm a little nervous i've never done anything like this before but this is really interesting like this is this is really cool i'm really happy to to be on your podcast so thank you for having me you're welcome you're so welcome so the first question that i want to ask you is that what inspired you to want to pursue a career in film as opposed to graphic design? Well, while I was um, majoring in graphic design, I took some elective classes such as photography and video art. And it just resonated with me so much more. I felt so much more inspired when working on my projects and assignments. I felt I really had like more of a natural ability in in, uh, photography and film and um, I, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the whole creative process so much more. And graphic design was really draining. And compared to like video art and photography, it was just like, it was too much. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed doing what I was doing for those other classes, like my video art classes. But yeah, graphic design was, was like so hard for me to get through. So what was it about graphic design that turned you off? Exactly. Well, um, I think it was the, I think it was the the competitiveness of the graphic design program. It made everything so much more intense. And 
I felt like I couldn't be as creative as I wanted to be. I, I had to work towards things that pleased my professors more than it pleased me. And I kind of lost my inspiration from all of that. My creativity was just not not really the same anymore as it was at the very beginning of, of um, graphic design. I, so I, I think it was, it was yeah, the competitiveness. Also, the amount of work that they expect you to do is a lot. And um, it was just too stressful. I, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Mm, yeah, I definitely feel that because I, you know, took a class in graphic design because I needed to take, you know, another art elective class in order to like advance to other classes. And I found it really to be just hell no. I was, <laughs> I was not feeling it. Like, What class I, was it? It was graphic design one and um Oh no, that one's horrible. Yeah, and it not only was it that, but it was like it hurt my pockets a lot. Because <laughs> I'm like, God damn, like this class costs hundreds of dollars. I think I spent at least four hundred yeah. in that class alone. And I and I felt like I was catfished because <laughs> I I thought we was going to use Photoshop and Illustrator. I was like, okay, cool. In graphic design, a lot of people in those classes use Photoshop and Illustrator. And I was told right. by another student that that was the case. But little did I know, I was going to have to spend lots of money and I was going to have to actually draw. So <laughs> I definitely do feel your pain on that. And it's, yeah. oh, no, I said, hell no, I'm not going to do graphic <laughs> design. But ever since I started learning Photoshop, then all of a sudden I started getting motivation to want to do it again. Really? So you would you would maybe want to take a, a graphic design class that involved Photoshop? Nope. Nope. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, doing it on my own. Oh, Because, okay. you know, I designed my own thumbnails for my YouTube channel. But anyways... Another question I want to ask you is, like, what artists inspired you to do what you do and what do you take from them to implement into your work? Um, so I really, I love Rob Zombie films. Um, I feel like he's definitely a big inspiration to me because um, his movies are not... Um, they, they have like a campiness to them. They have this like cool style, this like interesting aesthetic and they can be like really experimental. And, you know, growing up, I didn't see a lot of horror movies that were so like, like kind of like psychedelic and experimental, mm -hmm. especially ones that were like as big as his. So um, that kind of showed me that like I can... I can be abstract and I can be more experimental with my films and still, you know, one day become a, a big director and uh, become, you know, famous and create really like big and inspirational films. So I definitely say he is one of my uh, top inspirations and uh, maybe even Robert Eggers, um, the director of The Witch and The Lighthouse. I... Um, I'm obsessed with The Witch. I love that movie. I watch it, like, every two weeks or something. Like, it's such a great film. And it also taught me a lot about creating slow, quiet, yet really, really terrifying films. Um, you know, sometimes I would think that just because a movie was slow or, or didn't have much dialogue, I thought it was boring. 
Mm. But um, watching The Witch, it showed me how intense and how scary and dark silence can be. So that's a really big inspiration because now I love creating kind of like slower, quieter films as well. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, just speaking of silence, I'm going to go off topic off of film for a moment. It's just like silence in general is scary for most human beings to bear because silence forces you to confront yourself and to confront those thoughts and those emotions that you've been trying to suppress for the longest time, but you can't. And I think that's why silence most times freaks people out when they watch horror movies because you don't know what to expect. Silence is more terrifying than seeing the killer run away because you're it's kind of like when you see the victim being chased by a serial killer, it you're it's almost like you're rooting for that person to get away, like, go, 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 go there, go, go to the shed. No, yeah. no, no, no. But it's like the silence is what fucks us up. And it yeah. gets us, it gets us like really, like really out of our element. But if you if you're a person that's been like meditating and doing some serious spiritual work and you've been through the dark night of the soul multiple times then you wouldn't be phased by silence in fact you'll find peace and tranquility in it but going back to film like there there's like a lot of like you know filmmakers and film teachers that you know, have taught me and my experience of being in video production classes and being in film classes. They always say, you know, um, show people, film is a visual medium, so show them, don't tell them. And so I think that's a brilliant idea for you to be implementing more silence because you're on the right track and you're, you know, developing your craft. And I definitely felt that uneasy feeling while watching your film yesterday in class and I was just <laughs> like it, it made it just oh my goodness it was <laughs> it was it was gnarly I was Thank like <laughs> yeah I I've definitely learned how to um incorporate silence and in yeah a creepy way I I feel like it's it almost like forces you to create like more interesting like visual things because you're not you're not relying on dialogue to you know explain the story like you said it's like it's a visual medium like you have to create something interesting for the viewers to look at and that will also explain like what's happening and people's emotions and feelings yeah so it's definitely like a subconscious thing you know when you're using the lack of sound to actually give more information and so you know you can you're doing more with less so to speak and it forces the audience to pay attention to what's going on rather than just staring at the screen like this or <laughs> they're or they're just being on their phones and not really engaging with the film so like i said just keep doing what you're doing amanda keep sharpening your craft you know i definitely believe and your talent, you know, in my opinion, I think you should act because, like, <laughs> you even have some acting chops. I don't know if you've been formally trained or not, but you, def- you definitely got something going. So all I got to say is, you know, hats off to you. You know, I'm definitely rooting for you on your journey. And I hope that 
you know, you keep following your filmmaking endeavors because, you know, you definitely have a talent and a gift for storytelling. Thank you. I really appreciate that, especially coming from you. I, I really, really do appreciate it. Why do you say that? Oh, because you know so much about film and, and you study so much on it and you work so hard to create what you create and you know so much about technical things. I actually um, just recently watched your your uh, short film, The Dangerous Woman, and I thought it was really captivating. And the whole time I was like, you know, like, oh my God, like what's going to happen next? Like where, what is this leading to? You know, I, I think you're also a great storyteller and I really enjoyed watching your short film. Thank you. And that was the film I told you about in class that I yeah. went through hell for. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That that was that film was a nightmare for me. <laughs> and so who was it that uh like what character was it that you kept having to find a, a new actress for? The Caitlin character, the Peter's Kate. lover. Oh, right. Okay. That but ev sense. everybody else I was able to get quickly. But with the Caitlyn character, it's just like things kept falling out. Actresses kept canceling the day of. And I, I, I almost quit filmmaking. Oh like I God. said, I almost wanted to just say, fuck this shit. I'm gone. I, I don't want to be in this business no more because, you know, I just got done with the politics of the industry. And I don't know if you've personally been at that point yet. But when you do, Amanda, just remember why you started. I'll keep that in mind. Because it's, it's going to happen. That day is going to come. It's, it's inevitable. So if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this to Anchor or any other podcasting platform, if you're not watching us on YouTube, then the only thing I got to say is, is that really dig deep right now. If you're a filmmaker getting into this industry, know why you're getting into it. Get get really crystal clear on your reasoning, cause is it's it's you know not enough to just have creative talent. You have to have like the real strong why why you're doing this, cause that's gonna carry you through all the bullshit that comes with being in this industry. Mm -hmm. and, and so I would also like to ask you, like, what's what is your experience thus far? If you've worked with like any cast of crew crew members outside of school i have had no experience actually the only thing that i pretty much have had experience with is like making a video with my friend david who you've seen in a few of my videos um that is the only experience i have with working with other people on something and you know i'm really trying to find ways to to like broaden my experience, but it's really hard during the school year. You know, you have your assignments that you have to focus uh, on. Oh yeah. So it's been it's been hard, but I'm hoping maybe during during like the winter break or during summer break, I can like actually sit down and like work out um, like a some sort of video where you know I can get other creators to come in and help. So uh, hopefully, I will eventually get that experience. But right now, I, I don't have it at all well well it's like you know from what i've learned in my you know five-year experience in you know being a creative and content creator 
I would definitely say, like, I should have invited you to the Houston Film Industry Networking event that I went to last night because, you know, it definitely had a lot of great energy. There's some high quality people, you know, and definitely, like, search up Norman, search up Norman Fitz on Facebook. And, you know, he's a great guy. He organizes this event. So shouts out to Norman Ray Fitz for putting on this event and for really working his ass off to put together Houston's top creatives into one space. And I'm going to tell you a story, Amanda. I spoke there last night, like when he was like giving open mics to different people. There was like this couple was like Carl and Tina and they were speaking and, you know, the Carl kept saying, own the room, own the room, own the room. And he was telling his story. And I and I felt like this strong nudge to go up there and go speak. Of course, I was feeling nervous because I was like, man, what if people laugh at me? What if they, you know, look at me wrong and whatnot? But I just said, screw it. I went up there and spoke and a lot of people kept telling me like, oh, man, your story is wonderful. Your story captivated yeah. me. So the point of me bringing up to this, bringing bringing up this story to the listeners and to you, Amanda, is you know, you just got to take them chances, and you you just have to put yourself out there. Like, go on, download the Meetup app, look up Houston Film Industry Meetup. The next the next meeting is December tenth, and it's every second Tuesday of every single month. So. You know, I'm just putting the word out. So for anybody that lives in the Houston area and is looking for a film industry networking event that's consistent and that hasn't fallen off like most groups on me have, sadly, the film scene is slacking off here. Come on, Houston, we got to get it together. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely recommend that you guys go there. You network with other people and just build up some context, Amanda, because your reputation matters most in this industry. If if you don't have a good reputation, then it's going to be hard for you to find work as a creator. Okay, that's really interesting. I, I, I'm glad I know about that now because I definitely need to start branching out and meeting people. I do, however, have a really hard time with like speaking with strangers, social interactions, you know, I have like a bit of social anxiety. So, you know, <laughs> that might, that's going to be tough for me at first. But I think, you know, if I just go a few times, get used to it, I'll eventually be able to like start really like being myself and, and setting a good impression and, and meeting a lot of interesting people, you know. Yeah, and most definitely, you know, and I also recommend that you go to film festivals because that's a very, that's a great way to networking. From my experience, I went to two film festivals. I went to World Fest earlier this year in April, and I went to the um, 40, the World, not World Fest, I just mentioned that. Uh, what was the name of it? Boomtown. When I was going to school in Lamar University, and it was like, it was a team of me, of three people. It was me, Joseph Brooks, and Caitlin Vu. And we made this film called Assess Love to submit to the 48-hour competition to the Boomtown Film and Music Festival. And it was in April of 2018. And we won third place when wow. we submitted our film. So you never you never know what's going to happen, Amanda, in this yeah. business. Only I'm, I'm telling you all of this. To just encourage, hopefully encourage you to go out there, just hustle your ass off, stay true to you, of course, 
first and foremost and get your energy right and align your energy with your desires. So, you know, and another thing I want to ask you is, is like, who are, yeah, no. What is the biggest obstacles that you faced in your career in gen- and in life in general? How did you overcome them? Um, man, hmm. I would say, uh, I think more like mental, mental stuff has been like, um, you know, I feel like has held me back a lot in the past. And even now I'm still like slowly getting over things, but you know, things like depression and anxiety, like, you know, like how I said, I have social anxiety. So it's hard for me to, you know, really put myself out there. And like you said, in this industry and, you know, just being a creator, that's what you have to do if you want to get your name out there. You know, you have to not be afraid to have these interactions with people that you don't know. Well, that was, you know, something that I struggled with so much, probably about two years ago. It was probably Mm. one of the hardest times. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time alone. I wasn't meeting people. I wasn't sharing my work. I wasn't wanting, it was hard, I was hard, it was hard for me to create. I didn't even mm. want to, to like get out of bed to do anything, you know. And um, so I eventually kind of got past some of the things that were, that were, you know, making me feel really down. And um, things are a lot easier for me now. I'm able to interact. I probably wouldn't have done like a podcast like this a few years ago. Like I would have not, (laughs) I would have been too scared, like wanted to like lay in bed, not do anything. But you know, now I'm feeling better. I can do these things and I don't hate all of the work that I create anymore. Like I used to, I had a lot of, um, self doubt when it came to, um, creating, I would produce something and it was like, the worst thing I'd ever seen, you know, like I hated it. I wanted to throw it away. I was embarrassed for anyone to ever see it, you know, and now I'm, I'm not. And I think that also has to do with the fact that I'm, uh, you know, doing video now, which I'm proud of. And so I can be proud of my videos and stuff, but, um, but yeah, it was hard. It was hard. And I finally am like, I'm finally doing a lot better. (laughs) I didn't think like at the time, whenever you're in a really like bad place like that, you feel like it's never going to get better and things are always going to be that hard, but you know, eventually things will get better and, and you can, you can become a great, uh, creator and, and, um, make other people happy with the things that you create as well. I'm definitely proud of you, you know, shouts out to you for overcoming (laughs) that, um, self doubt that plagues a lot of people, you know, and, um, it's, it's, it's like, it really does break my heart to see a lot of creatives be tortured souls. I was one of them because, you know, even though I was living on my dream in a sense, I still didn't feel like I was enough. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it caused me to just really doubt myself and really to pummel the shit out of myself beat myself up for like no reason at all because like i i had i had this perfectionist mentality and i'm still working on not being such a perfectionist and constantly beating myself up just because you know i don't execute my vision exactly how i saw it in my head because you know we can easily fall into that trap of you know not putting our work out there just because it's like not quote-unquote perfect right but you know the thing is is that you know 
I kept I kept hearing a lot of successful creatives say that just put something out, even if it's not perfect, just put something out to the public. And you know, it it really it really started changing my life for the better when I started implementing that instead of trying to wait until a piece of work is perfect to put it out to the public because people are going to judge the work however they want to judge it. We can't control that. But it's like... I feel like also a lot of people don't know... Like, people don't know what you're visualizing in your head. They don't know what you think of as perfect or or they don't know that you messed that shot up and it wasn't what you wanted. So whenever they're viewing it, they're just taking in like what they see. They're not considering what you originally thought in your head. So I think that also is another reason why you should just put things out, you know, let people view it. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm also proud of you for coming on this podcast because like I, I saw the, I saw the creative potential that you had and I saw that you were like really about your business and you really wanted to be doing this. So I felt like you were a great (laughs) candidate to have on the podcast because it's like we definitely need, you know, more creators that are not recognized for what they do. And that's why I started this podcast in the first place was to give other people like me a platform, not just have like professionals that are already established because I already have a couple of them on my podcast because I don't want to give off that impression that oh you know Evan Youngblood Williams thing he too good to be working with us like <laughs> he 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 on his high horse he's working with all these professionals I'm like no 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 everybody from all walks of life can come on here like it doesn't matter if you're just starting out it doesn't matter if you're like the cream of the crop a-list celebrity Cause I know one day this podcast is going to have those people on here, but for now I'm just enjoying the process. I'm not worrying about it. I'm just going to keep creating. And then there's like people that's like somewhere right in the middle. So, you know, I feel, I feel like I'm in the middle somewhere. I'm, I'm getting there, but you know, what was it that you were about to say? Oh, I don't think I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) Okay, so um, so how much have you grown as a person, you know, just being in the video art classes? I have grown so much, honestly. It's helped me a lot because, um, you know, like whenever I took my first video arts class, like I said, I was in graphic design, majoring in graphic design. And being in graphic design, I constantly compared myself to all the other graphic designers because it's such a competitive major. So I had horrible, like negative feelings about me as a creator because I was constantly comparing myself to everyone else. But once I got into video art, um, it's something that I genuinely enjoyed and I felt like naturally I was, my, my capabilities were pretty high compared to the rest of the other people in my class. It made my self-esteem go up. It made me feel like, you know, I can create things that are like interesting and, um, Like, I do have, like, a creative mind, and, yeah, it pretty much just gave me such a a feeling of just, like, I don't know. I I was very proud of myself. I I got a lot of self-esteem from being in these classes, and then I also really learned how to express maybe negative feelings or emotional things through my art, and I hadn't really ever had, like, a, a positive outlet for negative feelings, 
And once I started creating video, I realized I can put all of my emotions and create like something really visually amazing. And so, yeah, I, I would say it's definitely helped me grow a lot for sure. Yeah, that's wonderful, you know, because like that's that's something you're going to need in this business is, you know, getting over that hump of, you know, trying to please everybody because like, you know, in the creative industry, you know, it's very toxic with a lot of politicking and a lot of, you know, competitive nature and people and their egos. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, that I've noticed personally in the film industry is uh, people have some pretty big freaking heads and really? they they constantly toot their own horns. And, you know, I I understand you like yourself and you love your work, but there's a fine line between um, confidence and arrogance. Yes. It's absolutely. a very, very, very thin line. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you become so arrogant that you don't want to listen to anyone else. You don't want to take anyone else's advice or opinions. And then I think it affects what you create. You know, it's always good to have input from the people around you if you become too arrogant to even want that then how are you going to be creating something that you know it, 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 i feel like it'll just like bring down your your uh your videos and stuff and and what you produce all right so another question i want to ask you and i really want you to be brutally honest when i ask this question okay yeah <laughs> all right so, did you go to college for you, or was it something that your parents kind of just foisted upon you? Uh, I think it was definitely uh, my parents. If it were up to me, I probably would have taken um, at least like a two-year break or something. You know, I wasn't ready for college. In high school, I didn't care about my grades. I don't know how I made it to U of H, but I managed to. You know, I was never like really you know interested in school and I felt like being pushed into college immediately after high school I I didn't take it seriously at first I didn't know what I wanted to do I had no idea I've started majoring in anthropology that was my first major actually and um you know I I just had no idea what I was doing and I'm a, a first generation college student my parents didn't go to college graduate high school so they couldn't help me. They just thought, okay, like, you need to go to college. Like, if you want to make money, you have to go to college right out of high school. Like, if you don't, if you don't go to college right out of high school, you're never going to go again. And, I mean, maybe they were right, but I just don't think I was ready to, to hop into to college right after. But I definitely, I did it for them. I, I'm glad I did, though, because I never would have found film and I never would have learned about video art or media production or anything like that. So, but yeah, I definitely started college for my parents. All right. So, you know, another question that I want to ask you, which is going to be like, you know, off topic of film is, you know, what attracted you to trash TV in the first place? (laughs) I, I cannot even tell you. I can't even give you an answer for that. I There's something about it. It's so mindless that I can just sit there 
and watch it for hours. Like, I don't have to think. I don't have to, like, work hard. I don't have to do anything. I can just sit there and listen to people yell at each other and or, like, watch, like, My 600-pound life. Or I don't know. I can't tell you what it is, but I love it. It's my favorite type. Favorite type of television. I'm not even going to lie. It's my favorite. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie to you either. Like, back back in, like, to a 2011 to 2012, I was watching, like, some Jersey Shore. And, <laughs> yes, yes. And it was just, like, now looking back at it, I'm like, damn. I was like, <laughs> why in the hell was I watching that? I could, I could have been more productive. It's like now that I'm an adult, it's like I watch TV, but I only do it like very sparingly. Like I only do it after I get all the important stuff done because like for one thing, my significant other holds me accountable. Like she told me one time, you know, when I was playing basketball, she's like, I see that you're, you know, filling up your time again. And at first I got defensive (laughs) and I lashed out at her, but I, I sat there and I realized, like, well, damn, like, why I'm distracting myself, but why am I distracting myself, though? What is causing me to want to distract myself? And, you know, and the paradigm shift happened in that moment when I realized I was distracting myself because I associated working with pain and suffering because of my upbringing. Because ever since I was a little kid, every time my mom would come home for work, and even now that I'm 21, I would ask her, how was work today? And she would say, work sucks balls. And after you keep hearing that all of your life, you're going to start to believe it. Your mind is going to take that as it being familiar. So for that, work for me was pain and suffering. And that was familiar to me. And I thought that, okay, you know, work is not supposed to be fun. You're supposed to suffer through it so you can have fun later. But, you know, I later found that out. I found out that day that that way of thinking was flawed and it was blocking me from my blessings and was preventing me from, you know, having fun with my work and also, you know, doing what I love on a daily basis and doing what I need to do to keep at advancing my life forward and keep growing and progressing. And it led to me hanging out with friends who were pretty cool to hang out with. They were good. They were good, cool people, but they really weren't doing shit. You know, no offense to them, but it's just like they wasn't using their time productively. And I was and I'm like working on building my business right now. And yet, you know, they expect me to give them a big chunk of my time when they're not giving me anything in return and they're not, you know, down with the grind, so to speak. So, Amanda, I said, take it from me. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your time because you're you're a grown ass woman. You you got responsibilities. You have your own path. But, you know, I would say just be careful with those type of people who are just pretty cool to hang out with, but ain't really doing shit type of people, because those are the most dangerous people more than just outright manipulators. And the reason why I say that is because they'll lure you into their way of thinking if you allow them. And next thing you know, you're like 75 years old and you've been living like a pretty mediocre life, mm-hmm. the life that's less than what you were capable of living. Cause you mentioned that, you know, you wanted to make six figures and you had these big dreams and goals. And so, you know, definitely find somebody who holds you accountable, you yeah, know, 
you're right. I'm actually, I'm terrified. That's like a fear of mine to like one day realize when I'm like 60 years old that I did nothing. I wasted my time doing like literally nothing. I have nothing to show for it. Um, I, that, that I like cannot let that happen. That won't happen. Like that's horrifying. That's a horrifying nightmare for me. But yeah, no, I agree. You definitely got to surround yourself with people that are, are driven like you for sure. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely important the energy that you surround yourself with because energy is everything. And I don't know if you're empathic and you are sensitive to energy, but, you know, for us empaths, you know, we tend to absorb the energy in the room. But the difference between most empaths and empowered empaths is that empowered empaths are consciously choosing to absorb the energy in the room or to just transmute it into some positive and not absorb that negative energy. So I don't know if you're an empathic person that can feel energy, but yeah, I would say I feel, I feel emotions very easily. Yes, definitely. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely important for like people like us to be very conscientious of the energy that's in the room because you know, energy can turn hostile real quick. And, um, you know, another thing that I wanted to ask you was that, like, what do you plan on doing? What do you plan on accomplishing going into the next decade in 2020? Just for 2020, you know, I'm not talking about 10 years, 20 years. I'm talking about, like, the what you want to accomplish in 2020 and what are you doing right now that's in alignment with that um i really like i want to focus more on myself more on uh like my goals you know i've kind of been slacking off recently as i'm sure you could tell from (laughs) how late i come into class every day and you know everything like that i'm but i really genuinely want to start really putting myself first and like my goals first and Um, as opposed to my friends or my social life, you know, which is fine. Like I can have friends in a social life, but I want to like work on my, my craft and, and learning how I to express myself and, and just mentally, I want to like work on myself as well, you know, um, just having more confidence, more self-esteem, allowing myself to, to socialize, like at those, um, those uh, networking events and stuff. Like I, I want to be out there. I want to put myself out there. So yeah, pretty much. I want to work on myself right now. I'm so I'm recently single. So I, I <laughs> that's like one thing that has kind of happened. Like that I feel is helping push me towards that way. Is that like you know I don't have uh, a partner to like focus on now. I can just do me, do whatever I want. And it's such a it's such a good feeling. Like I don't have to consider anyone else. Like it's all about me now. So, so um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to trying to work towards just being better my, to myself and and focusing on me. Yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. There's nothing wrong with being single. You know, I'm obviously in a relationship, and I'm happily taken. So, I'm just letting you guys know that I am off the market. So. <laughs> Do not try to hit me up, ask for my number, nothing like that, unless you're just trying to work, all right? So I felt like I needed to say that. Let them know, yeah. So 
yeah anyways you know take your time you know don't try to rush into a relationship just just let it go don't don't go out looking for a partner just keep working on you and your craft you know just take yourself out on dates you know you definitely owe it to yourself to live your best life you know let's stay as single as you feel that you need to stay single until you're ready to receive a partner and have them join in on your endeavors because I've seen a lot of like creatives and people in general just get in relationships with these toxic ass people. And it's like, you know, one minute they're joyous, they're motivated and creating the life that they want. They say, I'm pumped. I'm going to work on my career. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they get into a relationship and then they're depressed and then they're miserable. They fall off on their work. They stop doing what they need to do for themselves. They stop living their own life. They start staying home a lot more and just binge watching TV shows until they pass out. They start eating bad. They That's stop me, going yeah. to the gym. They stop loving themselves overall. Why? Because they have a partner in their life that's not pushing them forward. And so they're slacking. So I, I will say this until the day I leave this earth. Be careful with who you get up with. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that was something that took me forever to learn. Like, I am just now getting used to it. I pretty much was like, I would get in a relationship and I'd be with them for a while, you know, sometimes really long term, sometimes not long term at all. But I would get out of the relationship, ready to be single, and then I'd hop into another relationship like so soon <laughs> after. And I did that over and over and over again. And Same. I just, it's it's easy to do that because once you're like used to being with someone, then it's like it's hard to like get used to being alone again just all of a sudden. And so, you know, for a long time, that's how I was like living my life. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. <laughs> now I feel like I'm I'm better and or I feel like I'm, I'm realizing all these things and I'm learning from my past mistakes and. I am so much more comfortable with being single and doing things alone. I'm actually enjoying it so much, like way more than I ever have. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, that used to be me in and out of relationships constantly for sure. Yeah, you know, that's definitely was the same thing with me is that I didn't give myself enough time to recover because I was looking back, I was reacting more out of lust and neediness than love because I was subconsciously looking for that mother that I've never had. So in a sense, I would expect my partners to be the mother that I wanted as a kid. And as a result of that, I was attracting these toxic ass females who weren't really doing nothing for me and who were just like, you know, would come in my life, talk to me for a couple minutes and just ghost my ass. And I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? But looking back at those times when I used to be on those dating apps heavy and just hitting up random chicks on the gram before I met my significant other, I realized that I was just throwing myself at all of these females because I was desperate. I felt empty on the inside and it it, it caused me to make some very bad dating choices. <laughs> and and after I broke up with my last ex-girlfriend last May or April, it made me realize that, okay, 
I was burnt out on relationships and I just said, fuck it. I'm going to be single. I'm not going on no dating apps. I'm just going to work on me for real this time. And I'm going to work on my craft. And then a couple weeks later, you know, that's when I, you know, talked to my now significant other. I said, hey, thanks for checking out my live videos. Because she would watch a lot of my lives when I used to do a lot of lives on Facebook. Um, she, you know, says, you know, I think she said, you're welcome or something. We, we pretty much text every day. So it's lost and it'll uh-huh. take forever to get back to that. So I'm not going to take the time to scroll through all the messages, but it's like just saying, Hey, thanks for supporting my live videos has led to this awesome relationship. And it was all because I wasn't looking for her. She wasn't looking for me. And so that moment when I let go of the need to have a girlfriend, that's when I got one. And I found the love of my life that I wrote down on a, you know, law of attraction exercise describing the qualities that I wanted in a woman and just describing, you know, who she is and the type of person she is. And so I say that she checked off everything on my list and then some. And I ain't going to lie to you. We struggled for a while because, you know, our energies and vibrational frequency was different at the time. I was still like that scared little boy to open up and to be vulnerable with her and to be truthful about who I am and what my intentions are. But, you know, now, you know, a year and some months later, our relationship is doing awesome. I met her in July and it's, it's just been a wonderful thing. But it was all because I decided to let go of the need to have the relationship to make me feel happy. Right, right. It, it lets off different energies whenever you're not searching, actively searching for someone. Yeah, definitely. So, so what we, So speaking of relationships, like what was like the biggest lesson that you've learned in, you know, your in your relationships? Oh man, I could I could go on and on about this. <laughs> please do, please do. The more well, the merrier. I have learned that you have to separate yourself from your partner. You cannot you cannot <laughs> be there with them all the time. You cannot con- conform yourself to everything that they want. You have to be your own person. Like when you're in a relationship with someone, it's two people. It's not one. It doesn't become one person. It's still two people. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to learn that. I had to learn that. And it took forever. But because for the longest time, I like I would completely like just transform into like these other people. Like I felt like I was just pretty much mushing myself into them, like their interests, their hobbies, what they wanted to do. You know, that's what I would do. And I didn't I didn't care enough to let them know, like, hey, uh, this is these are my interests. And I want you to like actively participate in them with me because you're my partner or I want you to like let me participate in them by myself you know that's that was something that I didn't do in these like even long-term relationships for years you know I'd be with someone and it wasn't it wasn't equal I it was me doing whatever my partner wanted to do and me just like sitting there watching them do it or or just being there with them while they were doing you know and it it I felt like it really affected my self-growth like i didn't know anything about myself. I didn't know what I liked anymore. I didn't know what kind of stuff I liked to do. I didn't enjoy being alone. I didn't like, 
you know, taking myself out on dates, like things like that. <laughs> and it, it really, um, it, it made it harder for me to, to like know big things about my life, like what I wanted to do in the future or like what, what kind of stuff interests me? Like what, what do I like to go out and do? So it impacted my life a lot. So if you're in a relationship and you're just doing whatever your partner wants to do, you have to like really realize, guys, that you are your own person. And if you're in a relationship, they should care about what you're interested in. And if they're not, then like toss them, toss them to the side, you know, like find someone else that that will like want to do things with you that you like and and actively participate in the things that you like, you know, so <sighs> it's getting hot. I'm, I'm getting heated. <laughs> hey, it's, it's okay. It's okay. So yeah. in other words, what she's saying is stop simping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, it's hard to do, especially when you are caught up in someone else's routine and, you know, you're so used to just doing what they want. It's hard to like really separate yourself from them, but you have to, if you want to grow as a person, you, you have to like really um, evaluate your life and your interests and figure out what you like doing. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's important to have your own life outside of the relationship because people forget that one important fact and they start subconsciously merging into that other person because subconsciously they don't feel like they're enough Mm -hmm. and they feel like they need the other person's validation in order to feel good but the thing about it is is that you know that'll destroy your self-esteem and you'll stop being your authentic self out of fear of losing your partner first of all if your partner downs you for being your authentic self they're a piece of shit yeah honestly because (laughs) a person that truly loves you would love themselves first. And if they love themselves, they're going to love you for being your authentic self. So if they're constantly trying to get you to suppress who you are, then that means they don't love themselves and they constantly criticize themselves. And so, and they are turning, and in turn, they're trying to project that stuff onto you and make you feel bad because they they feel like you're outshining, outshining them. When in fact, you're just being your true authentic self and you love them unconditionally, but they're not returning the favor. So I would say if your partner has consistently shown you that, you know, they don't love you. And I say show. I didn't say tell. I said show. They consistently show you that they do not love you for who you are. Then you just got to pack your bags and skip town because it's. It's not worth it. It's not worth it being in a relationship. I know you want to build a life with this partner, and I know you want a partner that loves you, but you're settling for less if you're in a relationship to where you're constantly being treated unfairly and not having your needs met. Like, don't don't let love make you a sucker. No, no, you can find someone that that's into you for you and that you know loves themselves as well and will treat you the way you deserve. Yeah. So like. What was the last straw that initially said, like, okay, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm going to just stay single for a while and work on myself. Um, I just got burnt out like you, like what you said. I got burnt out. I was like, you know, this, like, breaking up is so hard. I don't want to do this anymore unless I'm, like, 
with someone that I really, really, like, you know, want to be with. Like, I don't want to, I just don't want to have to go through the whole thing of a relationship and, like, the ups and downs of it. Like, why would I want to do that when I can just be single and do what I want? Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a specific last straw. I just got burnt out. I was just tired of it. And I was ready to do me, for sure. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people in our generation, you know, we don't take relationships seriously no more, you know. And there was this famous term that was coined by somebody, I forgot who said it, but they described it perfectly. They said that a lot of people aren't getting into relationships, they were they are getting into situationships. <laughs> Meaning yeah. that they just get up with somebody just because and but there's no mutual connection there there's no growth there's no development there's no maturity and a lot of the and a lot of millennials and even some gen z kids are getting up with these random people and they're constantly like going on the gram and saying like hey it goes down in the dms no it's got to go down in your soul first <laughs> you got to get down and get to know yourself before you hop up in anybody's dms and try to hit him up and say, hey, want to be in a relationship? And I like I like um, this guy named Ace Metaphor. You know, I watched a couple of his snippets on Facebook to where he was giving out relationship advice to ladies. And he was telling them, like, look, if he can't love you correctly from the get-go, then he has no business being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, that is, that is facts right there. That applies to women, too. Like, if you're not right on the inside from the get-go and you don't know how to properly love yourself, then you have no business trying to go and share your life with somebody else because the only thing you're doing is leeching off the other person's energy because you feel this this neediness and this desperation to try to get that person to validate your existence. And this is not to shit on anybody, but it's just like I got to tell it like it is because, you know, I said on the intro of my podcast, I say anything and everything that's on my mind. So, I mean, you're going to get me. You know, when you listen to this podcast, you know what to expect or maybe not because I'll I'll literally talk about any topic. Like I'll talk about some film stuff and this, that and the third. But the most important thing is I want, you know, the listeners and the viewers to know that, you know, you have to get you have to take your growth seriously. You have to take, you know, living your purpose seriously and i always say this that you know a man doesn't put a woman first in a relationship he puts his purpose first just like the woman puts herself first and her purpose first instead of the man so you have to essentially put your purpose first because your purpose is going to bring you the most amount of joy and fulfillment that a relationship can't bring you because a person can only do so much do you agree or not i agree i agree yeah um you know, how, like, if you're, if you're suffering just, like, mentally or, like, in your career or with your projects or anything like that, you know, it's going to bring your whole entire mood down, your self-esteem down. And being in a relationship with someone who isn't feeling good about their life and the things that are going on and what they're doing, you know, it's hard. It'll, it'll, like, leak into the relationship. Like, those feelings will inevitably... Uh, reflect right. on the relationship as well. So, you know, I, I agree that you have to be happy with the other things around your life first before you can be happy in your relationship. Yeah. 
I also want to ask you, like, what are some things that you do to stay grounded inside of yourself when you're noticing yourself getting a little bit flighty and crazy and out of alignment with yourself? Huh, what do you, uh, I like to, I like, like having talks with my mom. Um, my mom always keeps me really grounded. She's like someone that I can talk to about anything, any type of feelings. And she's honest with me, you know, if she thinks I'm being irrational or if I'm, you know, moving too fast or, you know, doing anything like that, she tells me and I take her advice. You know, she, she's always been there for me. She has my back in anything. So, you know, I like to, I like to have talks with my mom. I like to go out to the Arboretum if I feel like, you know, like things are just, um, getting too crazy in my life and I'm not really, I don't know how to, like handle it yeah I like to go like take walks down the park and just think listen to music uh you know like I said like music makes me really inspired so I'll maybe come up with like creative ideas like just just being out in nature I I really enjoy so um I get a lot of inspiration from that as well mm, I don't know um <laughs> I don't know what else what else do I do um, hanging out with friends. I like dancing and dancing. I feel like I express so much. So anytime I'm I'm not feeling well, like I'll just like put on music in my room and like dance around to like Tim and Paula or something. <laughs> and, um, and that always like helps me. It makes me feel a lot better too. So, yeah. That's good. You know, that's definitely good. And, um, we, we all need those, those, things that keep us grounded you know personally for me like journaling first thing in the morning keeps me grounded like I'll either write a gratitude list or I'll like write like a self-reflection journal entry just talking about like my experiences for the past few weeks or the past few months or through past experiences that taught me important lessons Mm -hmm. and I find that doing that has really helped me stay in alignment and it sets the tone first thing in the morning. And another thing is talking to my significant other every day, because when I start getting a little flighty and crazy, you know, she'll be there to help me out. And she'll be like, Evan, just remember the tools that I taught you. Cause she's also a life coach, by the way. I forgot to mention that, but she's also like a, yeah, she's a spiritual life coach, a Reiki healer, you know, she she's a she's a dynamic woman, man. She's the whole package. And she's just such a beautiful, sweet soul. And I, I just can't imagine my life at this point without her. You know, she's a big asset because being around her has helped me finally start earning money for my craft, more specifically video, because I'm getting paid for mostly video work. Because, like, that's, like, my foundational skill. And then everything else thereafter is just, like, a complementary skill. Like, um, designing my own thumbnails on Photoshop, making composites, um, photo editing, photography, um, YouTube, podcasting. Like, these are just, like, branches off the tree, so to speak. And um, my partner just really has helped me through a lot of dark shit. She's helped me clear a lot of blocks. And, um... You know, if you ever need a life coach to help you clear some core issues, you know, just get in contact with her. Her link, the link to her social media would be in the description below. And by the way, listeners and viewers, go contact. This is for you, too. Don't think you're exempt from this because, you know, I want you guys to get healed up. I want you guys to be at your best. I want you guys to really shine because when when we all shine, 
we are able to do amazing things. And, you know, I want to, uh, first of all, just congratulate you for, you know, having the courage to step out and to embrace being with yourself. Because a lot of people don't want to be with themselves, quite frankly. They they absolutely dread it and hate it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, this challenge that I've been doing for 13 days straight, I think this is day 14, because I started on the 31st of October, which is like a challenge suggested to me by my by my sweet old significant my sweet significant other, which is to watch a Marissa Peer video a day for 30 days straight. And I've been on this for like 13 to 14 days and I've have not missed a day yet. And Marissa Peer, who's that? Huh? Marissa Peer, who's that? Marissa Peer is like, you know, a hypnotherapist, a public speaker. And she also does lectures on Mind Valley, and I recommend that you look her up too. You watch, watch her videos, do the exercises with her, and I'm and I promise you, Amanda, I'm not gonna bullshit you on this. Like, when you do one of her exercises and you believe that it works and you get in tune with it, it's gonna help you clear a lot of shit, and you're gonna feel like a brand new person. You're gonna feel like you're gonna feel like, you know, you just got out of a shower after not showering. For a month, not that I said that you've done that with me, or I've done that. <laughs> but it's just like you'll just have that feeling like you're a brand new person. You won't, you won't ever feel the same. Just like you know me doing a couple of sessions with my significant other to clear out some core issues, and it's and it's made a huge difference in my overall motivation in my life. So yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I really need to check her out. She's, I mean, it sounds like something I definitely need right now. <laughs> so, especially, like, like I said, like, how, how I'm, like, newly single and stuff. Like, I'm ready to, like, change, change, you know, my life a little bit and, like, have a lot of, like, self-reflection time and stuff. I, I'll definitely be checking her out. Thank you for suggesting her to me. You're welcome. By the way, the link to her social media is in the show notes for all the viewers and listeners watching this or listening to this, Um, you know, and it's definitely a phenomenal journey to what I've accomplished so far. Cause like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, first of all, before I get into my story, I want to ask you, like, what is your definition of success? Uh, well, like for me, or just in general? For you, like, what is like for you personally? Just your own perspective, not everybody else's perspective. Forget mine. Forget everybody else's. What is Amanda Garcia's version of success mean? For me, I would say success means, you know, living really comfortably. Like I said, I, I want to make a lot of money. Like that money <laughs> definitely is equivalent to success for me anyways. Um, and I guess just being happy. Like I don't care if I'm single, if I'm never married ever or if I ever, like, like own a house or ever, like, I don't know, just as long as I'm happy. That's it. That's, that's all I'm saying. I just want to be happy. And that means, like, you know, having a career that I enjoy. So that is also um, something I would say is, would mean success. So, yeah, having a lot of money, having a job that I really enjoy and just, you know, being happy and comfortable with however my life is 
right. So, you know, for me personally, my version of success is inner peace. Am I at peace with myself at the end of the day? Because I can have all the money. I can have all the accolades. I can have all the film credits to my name. I can have all the movie premieres where people are buying tickets to to see my films. But if I'm not at peace with myself and if I'm not happy, that I don't feel successful. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that success was having the most accolades, having the most money, and having the most materialistic items. But over, over, you know, my spiritual path and being with my sweet significant other, I've realized that success to me really means just being at peace with myself and being happy with what I'm doing and doing the work that I love and not compromising my morals and my integrity for anybody. I don't care if it's an opportunity. I don't care if you, like, you know throw a million dollars at me. If it doesn't resonate with my soul, then I'm not going to do it, no matter how much money it is, because, you know, I I understand, overstand, and understand that money is only, like, money will only make you happy in a sense. Like, yes, I'm not saying that money can't make you happy at all, because it can definitely solve a lot of your problems, and it'll help put you in a better emotional state, because you know you can provide your emotional needs, you can pay your bills on time, you got a nice whip, you got a nice house, you know, you're able to go eat wherever you want to eat, whenever you want to eat, you can finally afford that expensive as organic, healthy food that's good for your body. And you can go afford a gym membership and pay a personal trainer to help get yourself in shape. And you can like definitely take vacations to all different parts of the world. But it's like, at the end of the day, money is not the key to happiness because as soon as you pass away, somebody else is going to be enjoying the money that's in your bank account, whether it be your kids, your grandkids, your family members, whoever the hell that the bank decides to give your money to. Somebody else is going to enjoy your material possessions. So, you know, I would say to all the people out there, if you feel insecure because of the lack of money, just realize that having money won't make you any happier than you are right now. Because, yeah, you'll feel a high, but definitely you're going to go back to feeling, you know, normal <laughs> again, whatever the hell that means. But, you know, but, you know, I'm I'm happy that you have big financial goals. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm expensive. <laughs> I have, I, I am like, I'm not going to lie. Like I like, I like nice clothes. I want a nice car. Like I want, like I said, I want a, a nice house with a huge backyard and, um, you know, I want nice things. So, you know, but you're right. I agree. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I won't have, you know, mental issues, like mental health issues and stuff like that. Um, but I just, I would, I just want to live a comfortable life. I love traveling, so I know I, I'm going to need money for that. And, um, but yeah, no, <laughs> I, I still agree with you, though. I definitely agree. <laughs> All right, so like, you know, what are some of the things that you want to, you know, no, first off, I want to ask you, like, what message are you trying to get across with your films? Hmm. For a lot of my films, I think I, 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 
I know, okay, so for some of them, they deal with issues like, uh, like substance abuse, like things that I have like struggled with. And so getting, um, so that, that's like one message, like, like my green screen video that was specifically, you know, talking about, uh, alcohol abuse. So Mm. that, that's something I've struggled with. And, um, so, you know, just getting, getting the point across that it's like something that I, I'm still struggling with and that it's something I'm working on and, you know, something that can like really put you in a dark place and, and make your future like seem so dim and dark and, and, um, you know, really keep you from being successful and achieving things. Um, also, like for my my self portrait video at the beginning of the year, that one was specifically about overcoming self doubt and anxiety as a creator because that was something that was so relevant in my life at the time and still is pretty relevant. Um, not as much, but it was about creating things being disgusted and hating it and um and then being put into a dark hole because of the self-doubt that you feel about everything that you produce and create Mm. that's Mm -hmm. powerful um (laughs) so like you know would you mind me sharing your videos like in the description below no i wouldn't mind at all no go ahead all right guys so The links to those videos will be in the show notes and the description below so that you guys can go check out some of her work. You know, she's highly, highly talented. You guys don't want to miss out on, you know, her wonderful work because she's definitely produced amazing work. Even if it's like, you know, disturbing to the mind, it'll definitely get you thinking, you know, this her work is not for the faint of heart. I'm just letting everybody (laughs) know. Yeah, it can get kind of gory, a little weird. <laughs> All right, so like, you know, what are your like goals that you want to accomplish in the film industry? Um, uh, I guess a goal is to be able to make money off of the videos that I create. And uh, I also want to make money off videos that I find inspiring and that I genuinely enjoy making. That's probably the biggest goal is being able to make money off of things that I, um, you know, get really like the art that I'm emotional about and the art that I put a lot of myself into and that I enjoy making because I, you know, I'm sure at some point I'm going to have to create things, um, for people that I don't really enjoy making, but you know, for financial reasons, I'm just going to have to do it. And I can, I can deal with having to do that for a, you know, a period of time. That's fine. But my, my main goal, my ending goal is to create the things that I enjoy while also being able to, um, support myself financially off of that. Mm. Yeah, that, that's definitely the dream that, you know, a lot of people have because, you know, going into this industry, like, yeah, we're in it mainly because we have a story to tell and we, want to have our voices known, but, you know, we would like to be financially compensated for our time and our efforts, you know, and, um, yeah, it's like definitely 
you know, a treat to be able to do that. Like only a small percentage ever do it, but we want to increase that, you know, to a larger percentage because, you know, we definitely want to see more creators like make money from their art while at the same time making art that they feel compelled to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I also want to ask you, like, what projects do you plan on working on during the winter break? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. I kind of want to take um, not really a break from video art because, you know, I I just want to work on like a photography project. That's something I've kind of been planning on doing. Maybe, um, you know, just just um, testing out or not testing out, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, practicing my photography skills going back to that just for like a little bit for a project or two um i'm planning on just having kind of like a, a small photo shoot with my friend who you've seen in a few of my videos david and um i want it to kind of be like a masculinity um slash like feminine type of thing like i want i want there to be like a, a contrast between masculinity and femininity within the the uh, photos and so that's kind of what I've been planning and, and thinking about um as far as video I'm not really sure yet I haven't I haven't thought too much about it yet but um definitely we'll be working on some projects for that soon if I can if I can just find some time to really sit down and think about it all right so like what inspired you to want to do a photo series on the subject of masculinity mm-hmm. um I think, uh, I guess just like um, working around guys, being around men, I think that a lot of them don't understand that you can have feminist, feminine aspects to you and also still be masculine at the same time. I think that a lot of men are like, sorry guys, like <laughs> I feel like a lot of men are scared <laughs> to have any type of um, feminine interest or, you know, take part in and just like more feminine things and you know they're scared of how they'll be viewed by the women how how their friends will view them and i just i i just think it's like you know it's, it's time that, that we all get past that it's time that like women stop, yes, stop most expecting definitely. yeah like women should also stop expecting men to you know only be these like strong like masculine figures you know everyone has different uh, sides to them everyone has you know all kinds of creative quirky interests and um i think we should all just be very accepting of that and i would like the photo shoot to kind of show that yeah in other words you know you have to just let go of the stereotypical alpha male personality speaking of alpha male i have a whole male personality trait series and one of the videos is alpha male so I'm going to link that video in the description and in the show notes below for you guys to go watch that. Just saying, all the men, women out there, go check out that series because you'll learn a lot about yourself if you're a man and you'll learn about a lot of different personality traits if you're a woman. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, so what traits do you look for in a man like if you do when you do start decide decide to start dating again like after you've been single for a while like what qualities you know are you attracted to in a man um i really like 
like <clears throat> softer, more sensitive guys. I I like guys that are really comfortable with themselves, who you know aren't arrogant or anything, of course, but you know aren't like scared to be themselves. Who like would go out dancing with me if I wanted to go dancing, or like um, honest guys. I like nice guys, <laughs> like you know just generally just the nice guys. You know, softer, sensitive, um, not very, uh, not super like masculine or anything like that. Um, you know, that's fine. But I, I'm just personally more attracted to kind of like, you know, soft-spoken guys. But that's yeah, that's what I lean towards for sure. All right. So, you know, what are the last words? Any last words that you want to say before we conclude this podcast? Um. Okay, guys, if you're struggling with something, whether it's, like, depression or, you know, just any type of mental stuff, like, just know things get better. Like, it feels like it won't (laughs) at the time. I know it really does, but things get better, and you just got to keep creating. And and if you don't feel like you're creative enough to to create the things that you want to at that moment, like, you'll you'll eventually it'll eventually come out of you like one way or another like the creativity will come out of you it just it might just take time so just like don't give up on like your film dreams or your design dreams or photography dreams or any anything that you really have um like things get better and and you'll you'll do well with whatever you put your mind to all right so where can people find you and your work uh, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, my username is AmandaCO323. So follow me, guys. I tend to post a lot of my work or, like, links to my work on there. And you can also find me on my YouTube channel. It's under Amanda Garcia. Um, I still need some time to, like, set it up. But once I do that, I will let y'all know. But, yeah, you can um, – I'll send a link you Evan and then if you want you can put it in um in the what's it called description and show <laughs> description. notes yeah it's description and show notes but um yeah YouTube and Instagram like check me out well all right folks that concludes the 8 mil productions podcast I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this conversation between me and Amanda Garcia she definitely dropped some jewels in here So make sure to go follow up her on Instagram and go subscribe to her YouTube channel and check out her work, guys. You know, it's more than worth it. Um, You know, if you guys, you know, are new to this podcast, if you've never seen me before, I want to say, like, welcome to my YouTube channel and welcome to, you know, this podcast if you're just listening to the audio. And make sure to go ahead, if you're watching us on YouTube, to hit that subscribe button and hit that bell right next to it and turn it from personalized to all so you get notified every single day Every single day that I upload podcast episodes to the 8 Mil Productions TV YouTube channel and also the Anchor podcast, the, yeah, the Anchor platform and any other platforms that 8 Mil Productions is on. You know, if you're listening to this on Anchor, make sure to go ahead and hit that star to favorite and make sure to send voice clips if you guys have any questions about me or my guest. Or if you're listening to this on any other podcasting platform, make sure to hit that subscribe button as well. Sadly, they don't have a bell. 
it's probably you'll probably just be automatically notified but anyways thanks for taking your time to check us out you know make sure to sub to the podcast and if you are a supporter of the eight mil productions brand do know that i have a merchandise store to where you can copy yourself some merch i got some t-shirts hoodies beanies Whatever you need, make sure to click that link in the show notes and the description below so that you can go ahead and copy your merch right now if you are an 8 Mil Productions fanatic. And also make sure to go ahead and share this on any and all of your social media platforms so that you guys get, you know, the full flavor of this podcast. No, not only did you get the full flavor, but also your friends and family and anybody else that you follow on social media will get some great information as well. And just to recap, make sure to go check out um, my girl, Virginia Francisco, to book your session. Again, the link to her social media is in the description below. Go book your session. The prices are crazy cheap and you'll leave out feeling like a brand new person. So. With that being said, I'm going to conclude this podcast. Thank you again, Amanda Garcia, for taking an hour of your time to be on this podcast. I highly, highly, highly appreciate it. And, um, you know, peace in and out.